crazy that it's been like two and a half months since we've been together in a church community setting, like all in one building, all worshiping together, all learning together. And I think like the more the time goes on, this like everyone else, it's just the more you miss it. You miss being in that community and you miss, um, you miss worshiping like that, worshiping with um, people leading you, worshiping with others, your friends. And it's just, you know, you watch like live streams or you watch church services or you listen to worship music on your own and it never, it never really feels the same. Like it's sometimes, it can be so hard to like enter into that posture of worship when you're just on your own, when you don't have someone leading you, when you don't know the words to say or even like what other ways are to worship beyond just song. And so I think that's just been a question I've been asking lately is how do you worship on your own? How do you worship without people leading you in that? Like how do you cultivate that life of worship that isn't just a stage and an audience but it's actually like your your entire life? Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us for our second episode. You know, I was thinking of who I would want to be um, joining the conversation about worship, and you were like the first person that came to my (laughs) mind. And so I'm really excited for this conversation. Oh, I feel super honored that you'd even think of me and ask me. I'm just happy to be here and just super pumped to have a conversation with you about worship. It's going to be fun. Awesome. So how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Sure. uh, Right now I'm working as a teacher in uh, Grenfell as a grade five teacher, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, I lead a ministry called Redby Break in the city um, that uh, wants to unify the body through worship uh, and through communion and through fellowship. Um, and mostly that's towards young adults. Um, but we, this past year, we've had actually a lot of people from all different ages coming from like as young as like 12 to as old as 80 who just want to come and worship wow. with the body. And I think that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. And also fun fact for everyone, you are going to be a dad soon. Yes. In that's... literally like a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. That must be so just like surreal yeah. and crazy. Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. I can barely take care of myself, let alone another being. So. Oh, they're really small, though. They're easy, right? Yeah, like, just don't drop them, what right? Go wrong? Okay, what can go wrong? So many things. What are you most looking forward to um, being a dad? Dancing with my daughter. Oh, That's God. what I'm most excited for, oh, my is goodness, when she so can good. walk and we can dance. So, that's wow. yeah, I'm having a girl. That's <laughs> that's that is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Yeah. Wow, you're yeah. going to be such an amazing dad. Oh, thanks, and Brett. And he's going to be such an amazing mom. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for this well, it's, child. And it's kind of crazy. This would this would be another like another uh, video thing, but we were told we were miscarrying at the beginning. So oh, the wow. fact that she's even being born is just a crazy miracle. No and um, yeah, so it's it's that's a whole other story. We don't we won't get into it today, but yeah. Well, one day, yeah. I would love to hear that story because mm-hmm. it sounds like it's a God thing. Yeah, it hundred percent is. So yeah. she's gonna. She's going to be a world changer to oh. the nations. Seriously, though. <laughs> world changer and a dancer. Yes. It's going to be good. So She's going to be so talented. It's going to be insane. Uh, well, I, I hope she just learns to... If there's one thing I can like teach my, any of my kids is that, that they can go after whatever they dream and that they just love everyone around them. Hmm. So wow. anything else they want to do, if they're talented, if they're smart, if they want to stay at home and read books or play video games, I don't care as long as they... Learn to love people well and go after their dreams. That's all I 
then I know I then I'll know I accomplished being a parent. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I think you already have. <laughs> well, That's there may be many mistakes along the way. <laughs> Not everyone does, but you're gonna have so many successes too. Yeah, hopefully. It's be awesome. But anyway, so we're wanting to talk a bit about worship yes. today. Yes. Um, what would you say is your definition of worship for someone who maybe is like new to Christianity or new to the church? How would you even describe what worship is? Um. Well, I think we'll, I'll probably come back to this thing a lot as we talk, but worship, at least for me, and again, I'm just going to preference this with, I am not the the expert on worship in Winnipeg or in Canada or in the world. <laughs> I just pull from what God has done in me and my experiences with, with him. Mm-hmm. And so others may have different responses and answers and um, stuff, and I respect those. But for me, I, f- I feel that worship at its core is just having a conversation with God and interacting and and um, uh, interacting with God in, in, in the fullness. Mm. Um, just to kind of how we are right now, how yeah. we are just having a conversation. Um, this is what worship is, is mm. when we sit down with God, whether that's in a corporate setting or in the privacy in the secret place in our in our house or on a walk or or in our car. It's just simply having time with our Father. Mm. Um, and sometimes that conversation looks like high praise, um, where we're going, hallelujah, praise the Lord, yeah, blah, 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 like, hi, woo. <laughs> or um, whether that is us weeping at his feet on our knees because we're so filled with shame or we're filled with utter adoration for him or we're mm-hmm. filled with with needs that need to be met. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, it's a conversation that's emotional and physical and um, mental like it's it's full body like it's mind body spirit right like this conversation would be dead if if we weren't looking at each other and responding and like I'm using my hands to talk to you right now right we there's moments where we're laughing and moments where we're going oh right (laughs) like like we're emotionally invested in the conversation Mm -hmm. and that's worship is when obviously this isn't (laughs) you and me isn't worship right now but but it's a good image of like what looks like between us and God exactly yeah and he is for a lot of times we hear God being referred to as God the Father and he wouldn't be a father if he couldn't be present, hmm. right? Like right, we yeah. even see that in like psychology when a child does, doesn't have a, a present parent, right? Hmm. If a parent is out of the picture, that's quite traumatic for a child to experience. Um, and the, the God is the ultimate present father. He's, he's, hmm. he's Emmanuel, God with us, right? Yeah. And so if he's with us even now, how much more is he with us when, we're, when, we, when we actually say, hey, God, I'm here to worship you, or hey, God, I'm here to talk to you. Oh, yeah. that just makes his ears just tingle, right? He's like, oh, yes, my kid wants yeah. to be with me. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you come to that journey? Because I'm sure you weren't just born with like, oh, I just love to no, worship. Yeah. I love to enter that. Like, what was that journey like for you to like come to that place now where you get yeah. so passionate and so excited about entering into the presence of God? I think it's definitely a, it's, it was definitely a journey. There's a, I can't really pinpoint it to one specific moment. I can I can kind of pinpoint it to a couple of like aha moments that led me to this place. But um, it's a journey to get to that place of understanding that the Father wants to be with me. Hmm. And when I was 15, I was at a um, uh, at a Bible study in New Brunswick, um, and they talked about having an intimate relationship with God and how he wants to be near us mm-hmm. and how he longs for us. And for so long, I thought it was always us having to do things for him. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that he wanted us or wanted me. Um, and so 
at the end, they were like, who wants to have this intimate relationship with God come to the altar? And I went, I do. So yeah. that was like my first like step in realizing that mm -hmm. he wants us. Um, and then throughout just like my young youth life um, and leading worship, there have just been moments in worship where I, um, where Holy Spirit nudged me to go deeper with him. And something he broke in me a long time ago, one day, um, I was uh, I, I had struggled with um, pornography for a long time as a young adult, mm -hmm. not as a young adult, as a young youth, and I was leading worship one day after a night of just feeling lots of shame, and I felt myself I I felt I was saying to God God I don't deserve to be up here because I'm dealing with secret sin, I'm dealing with this secret sin, and I shouldn't be up here, and Holy Spirit just said to me, um, Alex actually you can worship me with it. Like, not like, like that, I know that sounds weird, but like you can bring that shame and you can bring it to me and you can worship me in your authenticity hmm. and in your yeah. shame, I'm with you with it. Like, it. like that doesn't discount you because you're struggling. Hmm. And so when I realized that God even wants me more, even when I'm struggling, that it doesn't discount me from coming to him, that actually brought freedom from the sin I was dealing hmm. with, wow. to know that I could come to him in my sin and still worship with sin. Yeah. Um, a while back, uh, so I guess we will touch on this part of my daughter. Um, so when we found out we were miscarrying, Brady Break was having our second event of the year. So I had to lead worship for a thousand people with this pain of potentially losing my daughter wow. and being like, God, how in the world do I do this? Because I have no energy. I don't have the mental capacity to, to sing these songs and to do this thing. And Holy Spirit just said, worship with it. Hmm. And as I was worshiping, Holy Spirit gave me this vision of me dancing with my daughter. And whether that was going to be in earth, like on earth or in heaven, I, that I would have that experience. Yeah. And I just was just all of a sudden overwhelmed with thankfulness that Holy Spirit would still meet me in this moment. And I worshiped with that. And obviously no one in the room knows that's what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. This is just a conversation with God that I'm having in that moment. Mm -hmm. And someone messaged me the two days later and said, hey, I was at Ready Break and I just couldn't engage in worship. I just had so many things distracting me in my mind. And Holy Spirit told me to look up at you and to, um, to just watch you. And from watching you, it brought me so much freedom to be able to re-engage. I just want to say thank you for worshiping with so much authenticity. But they didn't know that that's what I was dealing with in that moment. And like yeah. they pinpointed the song and that was right when that was happening. It was crazy. Wow. So like when we allow Holy Spirit to engage with us emotionally, that what's going on in our physical life doesn't discount us mm. from what's going on spiritually. Mm. Our worship becomes something that's super powerful. And just like in a conversation, I'm always gonna go back to this, just like in a conversation, yeah. if we are vulnerable with each other and I reveal to you, here's what I'm struggling with, or mm -hmm. here's where I need prayer, or here's what's on my heart, or here's my dreams, all of a sudden our, our, our relationship grows from just acquaintances to friendship mm -hmm. to having an intimate relationship, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that it has to be like, like weird, that means that we just know each other so well. Yeah. And in John 4, um, uh, Jesus talks about how he longs for worshipers whose worship is sourced in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. And when our worship is sourced in spirit and in truth, that means it's inviting Holy Spirit into the process of the conversation or saying yes to God in the conversation. Mm -hmm. And the truth part, which is allowing him into what's going on in our life in that moment and worshiping mm -hmm. with it, not in spite of it. Wow. And um, at our ready break last season, 
um, one of my leaders came up to me. Uh, they were supposed to read scripture for a portion of the event, and they said that they just didn't feel like they were able to. Their mental health was poor. Their relationship with God was just sucking, and they just didn't feel like they deserved to be up there in, in that headspace. And I said to them, no, this is actually you, this is why you need to be up there more. This is why you need to do this because you need to use, uh, bring, bring this, your, your mental health and bring your, your relationship to God and lay it on the altar and th let this wow. be your sacrifice. Let this be your worship. And afterwards they came up to me and they were, they were just weeping and saying that like, thank you for like encouraging me to do that. Cause I needed to do that. Mm, like that wow. like brought them closer and that broke something in them. Yeah. And that's the power of worship when we allow it to be something that is intimate and raw and real. Yeah. So have you ever had a moment where you actually could not enter into worship? Um, yeah, I, there was a time, um, I <laughs> I was 18 and I had been writing some worship music for our church and we got to a point where um, I finally had written enough songs to actually do a full set of worship songs that were original just for wow. our church. And um, I, I guess I, I definitely had a spirit of pride with it and the, the worship practice went terrible, just <laughs> went terrible. And I went, this is not working. And I found myself getting angry and frustrated with, mostly with myself, but I took it out on my team. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, we, we stepped down and I just felt like, oh, I don't think I can actually engage in worship with, with this attitude that I have right now. Mm -hmm. So before, I, before we went to go lead worship, I went up to them and I said, I just need to apologize for all of you. That was not okay of me to do. And once I did that, I felt that tension of not being able to lead worship release wow. because I had, I, if I had, I would have led, led with pride. And that actually would have affected not only my worship experience, but everyone else's worship mm. experience because yeah. worship is spirit, like worship is spiritual, right? Yeah. And so when we bring a spirit of pride or something that's about ourselves, we can really negatively affect um, other people's experiences mm. um, because, it's, yeah. It's so interesting that it's like brokenness, God calls us to worship with our brokenness, but mm -hmm. pride is something that he's like, no, that's got to... Yeah. You gotta check that one yeah. at the door where you'd almost think it's like, oh no, whatever, I can deal with some pride in worship, but I can't bring my brokenness in. Yeah, like it's, it's kind of crazy. Like pride really stops us because as soon as we allow pride in, then it becomes about us. Mm -hmm. And worship isn't about us, yeah. right? And I think that's something that church culture, at least Western church culture, has really um, not done a, an amazing job at, at, again, this is just my opinion, mm -hmm. at cultivating because we've, we've really made worship, especially the worship experience at a church, an experience for consuming, mm -hmm. right? And right. we, a lot of times churches have a head pastor, but we don't actually allow our worship pastors to um, be the pastor of the worship culture. Hmm, and wow. cultivate a worship culture, yeah. right? For me, like if I were ever to ask, ask to be a worship pastor, I, <laughs> the interview would go, I'm not just here to put songs together. Mm -hmm. I'm here to cultivate a culture. Mm -hmm. And that means that yeah. I need to be speaking. I need to be, we need to be leading worship, um, um, uh, like worship nights and worship classes on teaching how to engage in worship because I am, I am charged to, to um, help cultivate the, the the posture of worship that this right. flock needs to take yeah and so but so, for so long worship has just been we do this we play four songs and then the preaching comes up and the emphasis has always been on the preaching mm. and don't get me wrong this is so important right the word of god is so important 
But what's equally as important is convening with him, mm, right? Right, yeah. So, like, and I think this would be stronger. This would hit harder, this speaking portion, if worship was something that had the same amount of importance placed mm. on it. Yeah. Right. So would you say that there's an imbalance? Because, I mean, I know, Brad, we break, like, you guys are excellent at what you do. <laughs> like, you strive for excellence. It looks great. But then you also cultivate that heart of worship. Yeah. And I think often the church, we're trying to, like, make it all be seamless, make it a good experience so there's no distractions, make yeah. it look, like, young and, yeah. like, look good, right? But then how do you, like... How do you deal with that tension of wanting it to go well and run smoothly and look good and pleasing, mm -hmm. but then also cultivate that heart? Like, can you do both at the same time? Yes, I believe you can, because I believe it's still super important to be excellent, right? Like mm -hmm. we are, if you if you look at a church service as a sacrifice, right? If we look back at like the sacrifices in the Old Testament, um, that came to the temple, right? Everything had to be perfect. If it if if the lamb wasn't spotless or the or um, if the sacrifice had blemishes, then it wasn't acceptable, mm -hmm. right? Like you couldn't just bring whatever you wanted. Right. Like it had to, there had to be protocol because God deserved our best, right? Right. And that's the same thing in a worship service. God deserves our best. So mm -hmm. you best believe that excellence is important. Um, but when we forget that Holy Spirit is in charge, when, when we neglect him from the process and we just focus on the excellence, then what turns into something that is something to consume. So for me, whenever I'm putting together a set list or say for Ready Break, like we're planning the event, Holy Spirit is the focus. Mm. So it's sitting down with my team or with myself or whoever needs to be in that process yeah. and going, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What are, what, like, what's the conversation you want to have with your kids? Mm. So, and not limiting that to something that we've always done. Right. So when we limit it to a pattern, then we, we, we limit it to, okay, four songs, 30 minutes of speaking, altar call. But then what if Holy Spirit says, actually, I want to have this type of conversation. And that means that we need to have someone come up and give the testimony. We need to have, we need to have actually a time of corporate prayer where everyone goes and prays for each other. We need to have songs about being set free because what's going to be spoken about is, is, is a topic of liberation mm -hmm. because I want to bring liberation to maybe just three of the congregant members that mm, day like because wow. there's three people coming that you're not expecting to come i want in this song for there to be 10 minutes of just no like no singing just l let it rain and let me speak let holy mm. spirit speak and when we open that up and um something that's really important that when we allow when we enter into that process of allowing holy spirit to be the head of that leading of that event What's really important is that we bring the word of God into it, yes. because if we don't, then then we have no accountability, right? Mm. And then we can just be yeah. like scattered to the wind and whatever we want, <laughs> and then our preferences get caught up in it too. Mm. And I've been guilty of that of letting my preferences lead me in that process and neglecting mm. the word of God. Um, and uh, I've had to repent of that to my team and to myself and to God. And so what what the word of God does is kind of anchors us and brings us back to what's important. And also when a church has a mission and a vision, that also helps anchor them too, right? Because right. if we go too far to the left, too far to the right, then we lose vision mm -hmm. and um, we kind of can go all over the map. But right. um, yeah, it's as simple as just saying, like it's like in the planning of it, just being like, Holy Spirit, where should we go? Okay, mm -hmm. this is a spot, great. Like, and just that tiny moment can change so many things. Mm -hmm. I've, yeah, I've witnessed it firsthand. Yeah. So, it's so cool. Awesome. So what do you do? Like we're in this time right now where we aren't able to go to a bread we break or the ascent yeah. or a church. So we're not having 
our worship leaders lead mm-hmm. us in that encounter with God and in that conversation yeah. with God. And so what are we supposed to do? Like, how do we still have those conversations and have those moments with God without someone leading us? Cause we're just so yeah. used to being led in oh, it, right? Oh, totally, right? We're so used to, to the lights and to the yeah. music and to the pad and to, <laughs> to the words on the screen, right? Like we're so used to the environment. And yeah. um, what's really cool in, like in John four, um, it's like uh, the, the story of this woman at the well where um, uh, she's asking Jesus, where's the right place to worship? Because she's mm-hmm. a Gentile and Jesus is a Jew and there's these all these things that the Gentiles think you have to worship on this mountain and the Jews think they have to worship in the tabernacle. And so she wants to know where. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, actually, neither is so. A time is coming. And in fact, it's already here when the time and place of worship will, will not matter but what will, what will matter is the heart of the worshiper. Now I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing that a little bit, but what's important is that the time and place of worship no longer matters now that mm-hmm. Jesus has come. Wow. And also the importance is not placed on the where or the how, but on the posture, mm-hmm. the posture of our heart. And so I think this, this time of not having church, it's actually, it can be super beneficial for, for your, your average churchgoer because now all of the onus goes on them too mm-hmm. long our church culture has has put the onus on on our pastors or on our leadership team right. or worship pastors to do all the work for us and we come and we just we take just it consume in. it we all just consume yeah. it all right yeah but now we actually have to work for it mm-hmm. and i think that's actually a blessing from god god's saying take ownership of your relationship with me mm-hmm. and now take ownership of your worship with me and so worship isn't just a guy on a guitar or a really good synth player, or uh, like some <laughs> yeah. lady singing out a good high E. Like worship is like what I said at the beginning of just having a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. So whether like if you are musical, maybe sit down at your piano or keyboard or guitar and just start singing out your heart. Maybe pick your favorite worship song. Um, something I love to do is sing scripture. So I'll open mm-hmm. up the Psalms and I'll just sing them. And they don't make sense like all the time, like in the sense of like musicality, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not worried about it making sense music musically. I'm having a moment with God. And mm-hmm. so I'm just singing out scripture. That could look like just having a conversation with him in the car. That could look like meditating on on God's goodness and recounting your blessings. I think as mm-hmm. something that's what we love to do as humans is recount our failures and and revel in our uh, our um, imperfections. Mm. And yeah. a great form of worship is actually counting our blessings and thanking God for them. Like mm. like songs are thankful, right? Yeah. Like worship is thankful. Yeah. And so if I just sit there and go, God, thank you so much for for preserving my daughter. Thank you so mm. much for. Um, helping Sid and I find find a, an apartment to settle in just in time to have this baby. Thank you for all the provision of of having a job. Thank you for and it, it's it's and it's not reveling in the stuff I've done. It's mm. reveling in the blessings that God has brought. Yeah. Instead of and yeah, I could look at the negatives if I want, mm-hmm. but this is actually a form of worship because we're connecting with Him and thanking Him. Yeah. For what He's and something done. I I always find at least like just in my own personal life is whenever I do that, like it never changes my circumstance or what's going on but like my heart just changes so much of like all of a sudden all those things that are negative or the things in my past that I don't want to be consumed with anymore whatever it it all just fades away yeah and all of a sudden my heart just feels so different yeah and like I think that's what worship 
gets to give us mm -hmm. and that's like god's gift back to us oh, when we yeah. worship 100 there's there, like the, the reason why we worship with god is so that we can encounter him so we can be free mm, right yeah. like every encounter with god has a potential for freedom like mm -hmm. that's the whole reason why like if you equate worship back to the old testament with sacrifices at the temple the whole reason why they sacrifice at the temple was to be free from sin mm -hmm. have their sin covered mm -hmm. right like the whole reason to worship and to come to God is to be free from whatever. Mm. And it's, 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 that is the effect of being with God. Yeah. Like he constantly says that his yoke is easy, mm. right? Like after being with, with God, like the whole point is that our, our, it's, it's that it's easier to mm. live, right? It doesn't mean that, that we're not going to suffer right. or we're not going to have hardship, but it just means that we can go through things with ease mm. because he he holds us yeah and that's we can have confidence in in his stability mm. and what would you say then to anyone who's just going through any season right now maybe because of the pandemic or just things yeah. going on in their personal life that are like this is not easy right now and like mm -hmm. a relationship with god is not easy right now like yeah. how would you how do you even encourage them or like where would you begin with them well first off i would say your feelings are valid like I think a lot of times we we try to discount our feelings when coming to God, but actually um, they are so valid. Like the stuff you're experiencing, your pain that you've suffered is your pain, mm -hmm. and 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 also don't ever compare your pain to someone else's pain. That like like that your pain is greater or lesser than than someone's because your pain is your pain, yeah. and Jesus deals with it as as your pain. Yeah. So or as your suffering or as your stuff, um, but. I want to encourage them or encourage you or whoever to to bring it to him bring it to the secret place and and tell him how you feel whether that's through a journal or whether that's through praying or whether that's through closing your door and just shouting and being angry or being upset mm -hmm. or being frustrated like god can handle your frustration yes god can handle it and he actually experiences it with you like he's in he's in the room with you mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. like he doesn't hide because you're upset yeah. and actually when we allow ourselves to express how we feel with him um again we're entering into that conversation right like if i was frustrated mm -hmm. with you and i i or you were frustrated with me we need to have a conversation for that frustration mm -hmm. to be had out right right yeah or else resentment grows yeah and so I, I would encourage you to enter into a time of worship where you sit with god you just you thank him for your blessings get a journal write out your feelings get them out on a piece of paper um uh don't hold back on how you express to him mm -hmm. express to him how you feel every single thing and then ask him a question don't just mm. leave it there don't be the one-sided friend mm. right that yeah. just puts all your crap out there and then <laughs> nothing else right like ask him say god what do you want me to do with this oh, so good. or father um how do you want me to worship you right now that's another mm. thing just a side note when worshiping is for like if you want to have a really great authentic worship experience with him ask him how you want him to worship wow like that is where i've had the most like experiential moments with God is when I just go, God, how do you want me to worship? And I feel him mm. softly convict me, worship on your knees mm. or just stand still or wow. like go and dance or raise your hands. Like, like it's subtle, but you like when you invite Holy Spirit into that, there's something that's really profound. So yeah. in this secret place of, of chaos and blah, 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 ask him, father, how do you want me to deal with this? How do you mm. want me to worship you? What do I need to let go? Um, and you invite him into it instead of just, 
slapping it on yeah. Adam if that makes sense yeah well thank you so much for joining us I feel like I was just like bombarded with so much like encouragement and <laughs> wisdom and so I know the rest of our community is going to feel the same way so thank you well no problem I feel super honored to be here and uh, I hope this blesses whoever's watching it yeah. it will good Let's take the next couple minutes and actually engage in worship with the Father. Um, the way that we're going to do this right now is um, I'm going to read a portion of scripture and then I'm going to ask you a question. Um, and while the scripture is being read, I want you to invite Holy Spirit right now into wherever you are, whether that's a car or your bedroom or your kitchen or your living room, or maybe you're out for a walk while you're listening or watching this. Um, and invite him into in, into the words that are going to be washed over you. Um, this is John 4. Woman, I tell you that neither is so. Believe this, a new day is coming. In fact, it's already here, when the importance will not be placed on the time and place of worship, but on the truthful hearts of the worshipers. You worship what you don't know, while we worship what we do know. For God's salvation is coming through the Jews. The Father is spirit, and he is seeking followers whose worship is sourced in truth, and deeply spiritual as well. Regardless of whether you are in Jerusalem or you are on this mountain, if you do not seek the Father, then you do not worship. I want you right now just to ask Holy Spirit, Father, where in my life can I invite you in? Where in my life can I invite your leadership into? How do you want me to worship you in this time of uncertainty? And just take the next 10 minutes and just sit with Holy Spirit and allow him to reveal to you his knowledge.